Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to this special edition of Believe in Grizzlies. I have a special guest, Mr. Phil Morant. He's the uncle of John Morant. How you doing, Phil? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. So I wanted to ask you about that, the Uncle Phil thing. So how did that happen? Uh, uh-huh. Are you like the real Uncle Phil from uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? You know what? I can be, except for I don't have the legal background and stuff like that and all the money. But, um, you know, it's just that's what he always called me um, uh, growing up. And uh, it kind of stuck when he went, when he actually declared to go to the draft. And uh, we were down at IMG uh, Academy training uh, pre-draft. And, you know, anytime he called on me or whatever, you know, it was Uncle Phil, Uncle Phil. And then. IMG actually is a school that, you know, like more like a, you know, boarding school for athletes and stuff. And that's what all the kids started uh, repeating. So it kind of stuck a bit. And then it kind of really hit home when we came to visit uh, the Grizzlies um, before the draft and checked into the Hotel the Western across the street and uh, got up to the room and there's this care uh, basket and stuff. And then it's a little card. Uncle Phil on it and I just started laughing and uh it's just funny now looking at the reboot of uh the show Bel Air you know I just see the guy on there and Uncle Phil and I'm like yeah you know what that's pretty much gonna be what I introduce myself as to everybody now so so you Uncle Phil stuck yeah Uncle Phil yeah what was y'all like growing up um you know, he 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 was always an active kid. He always was observant, though. He's always he was always just paying attention to things. Um, caught on real quick. Uh, uh, it's 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 funny to see his uh, his daughter um, now growing up. She's exactly like like he was. Like you know, just in you know, entertainer character. Uh, didn't really joke a lot early on because I was around him when he was you know a baby so I was I was I was with him all the way up till I got married in 2001 so he had just turned two the day before my um my wedding so you know he was just very aware you know uh, very you know like he is now very dialed in um and just active you know he was always moving around so when me and my brother were living together um you know, Joe was split time between South Carolina and Augusta a bit. And uh, he just was, you know, my brother worked in a barbershop in the day and I was working a night shift at this plant. And so I was up with him during the day. So he was just always moving around. You know, we took naps around the same time because that's how, that's the only time you could sleep because he was always into something. So the adage goes if you love Memphis, it will love you back. Why do you think? Memphis and Ja fit so perfectly. Um, that's that's pretty much you know Ja. He is loyal is probably loyalty is probably you know at the at the top of of, of his his list. And you know um, if you just kind of go back and 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 look at you know his you know path to stardom. Uh, whether it be from 
you know, Sumter, South Carolina at Crestwood High School or, you know, the city of Dazelle, um, Augusta, all the way to Murray. You know, once you get behind him and support him and, 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 and love him up, he's definitely going to go, you know, a thousand percent for you. And, I, and coming to Memphis, um, you know, I kind of knew a little bit. I, I definitely knew um, something about Tennessee. Um, uh, and I, I know everybody says Tennessee and then it's Memphis. But uh, what I what I knew about Memphis, just watching the whole grit and grind days, um, that they always got behind, uh, you know, their teams from the Memphis Memphis State days, you know, to when the Grizzlies got here in the what, early two thousands, I think. Um, that's it. They they get behind them in you know a small market, probably the smallest in the NBA, and. Um, you know, they just they just want a winner. They want somebody who wants to be here and want want to be about them. And that's 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 twelve. That's him. He you know, and that's why I think the combination just just goes so well um, with with the way he plays and the way he leaves it all out there. That's all I've seen that the city of Memphis wants. You know, they don't want nobody just coming in here trying to you know, steal some light and steal, steal some money and get up out of here and give, give a half-assed job. No, nah, they want somebody who's coming in here who wants to be here and, 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 and wants to uh, represent the city of Memphis. And I think he's been doing an excellent job of that. So I really think a uh, Grizzlies fan has PTSD from uh, Chandler Parsons. But anyways. Um... <laughs> yeah, Chandler, uh, he, you know. He did. He definitely stole some money up out of Memphis. Early on, when did you, when did you realize Ja had such a high basketball IQ? Uh, for me, it was always. Uh, I mean, his IQ, just awareness. Like I said earlier about you know being a kid and stuff like that. He he can remember everything. Uh, you know, he he has. I don't know what's the word term for that that type of memory, but he remembers everything but I know like you know watching uh well why we would play the video games together and you know um I always kind of knew the game and I knew what players could do um and you know me him and um my cousin uh uh Duke and Aaron you know back home you know they uh we would always play and we would just play with you know you know all these teams and I kind of knew what every player could do on the court and they were a little older than, than job, but he, he started paying attention to the game. And I don't know if he was just watching it with, you know, with, with, with his dad or, or what, but, you know, I didn't come home, you know, every week I was in Michigan, that's an 11 hour trip, you know, 11 and a half hour trip. So it's like, when I would come home, that was our thing. You know, I always kind of, say what's up to everybody. And even though I was an adult, I'd still try to, you know, be a kid at heart. And that was my thing. I just remember growing up, adults didn't really spend time with the kids. It was, you were seen and not heard. So I kind of flipped that and I would just, you know, do that. I would just play the game with him, but he would start, he started learning how to utilize the players. And all before, I didn't think he knew what each player could do. That's how I could get the win. Cause it's like, he don't even know that he can hit that corner three or he don't even know he can kill the mid range or whatever. So that was the strategy. And then when he started learning the players and what they did well and what they didn't do well, and 
and, and start controlling the game a bit, you know, I was having conversation with my brother and I'm like, man, dude, he is really like learning this thing. And he was like, man, that's a damn video game. Like that don't matter. And I said, it does like this, is how they're making the games. Now they make the games like the real stuff all the way to the owning the team and running the team and everything. And he like, man, that's a damn video game. Cause he had stopped playing the video game. So of course he didn't. So that's when I knew. I was like, man, this dude is really learning it. I wasn't even paying attention to his ability on the court. It was more so his mind and how he was aware of what was going on. And that 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 can take an athlete so far, whether they know it or not. So how many times did he beat you? Uh, after that, I think, you know, the game started being less and less because he started playing in, you know, a lot more tournaments. And, you know, he's growing up, he's a teenager, so... You know, you might play a game and then he's out, you know, he I'm there for the weekend, but he got, you know, he going with the fellas to hang out and stuff like that. And after that, I really didn't. I don't think I won another game. That was probably starting at probably about 14, 15. If I did, it was kind of hit or miss. But yeah, he was he was killing after that. It was it was a wrap. I don't care. I could practice the whole year. And it was just I mean, he was dogging me. And of course. He, Westbrook was his guy then. At first it was Rondo, and then Westbrook became his guy. And that Westbrook team, he's coming down here with Westbrook kind of like he does now. It's scary. And then he got KD, and he had Harden, so he was playing with OKC. It was a wrap. Yeah, he was he was killing me. With them kind of weapons and his IQ, it was, it was a wrap. So I didn't really win much. I actually just got him back. We played a couple of times this past summer you know, doing workouts in uh, Miami. It went down to the wire, but he still won. And it's crazy because it's like, how the hell is he beating me and he ain't playing this, played this game in years? So, well, you say he has a photographic memory, so yeah, he remembers. that's what it is. Yeah, he picked right back up where he left off. It's still basketball. You know, he remembered the controllers and how, you know, what does what. And yeah, it went down to the wire, but yeah, he got me. Okay, describe the cerebral parts of his game. Everyone sees the explosiveness and fearlessness through his highlight plays, as I call them the what the fuck moments. To me, mm -hmm. that insane skill is what, what makes him who he moment. is. Like Reverend Knight um, said, it's, it's said, you know, he said job uh, makes solid plays, but he has a flair on how it happens. So describe that for me, you know, his, it's the cerebral parts because like you said people you know they just see highlights they don't see the whole game uh they don't see how he just uh, analyzes and and, and and dials in like he does um uh the best way i can describe it is the work that he puts in off the court you know like everybody don't get me wrong i come from a generation and a culture of everybody thinks you just gotta be running or jumping or shooting or lifting or whatever. And it's just so much more to the game than just the athletic ability and the strength and all that. And what a lot of people don't know is this dude watches film like nobody business. This dude watches the plays. He watches what each player is doing in real life. And, you know, he'll, he'll play a game and come right home and, probably watch his game back and then he'll watch some other games and he's always prepared you know he's always um doing the extra work that actually makes you 
smarter and, 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 and more intelligent with the play. He listens to his coaches. You know, he has conversations with his coaches, which is really great. Like I didn't, I, I honestly didn't develop that skill till probably my junior year in college where I had a coach that we could actually talk and, and, and compare what I'm seeing to what he's seeing out there. You know, it, it's funny even to watch players now when they're looking over at the, you can kind of see a, a, a point guard that's actually in like Jack called himself a point guard. The, the players that are always looking over at the coach to call the play, like to me, you know, like you have to develop that skill in, 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 a, in, in a, a cerebral part of your game where you know what's going to work right now. You know, the coach will call a play when, you know, maybe that's not working, maybe they're seeing something else. But when you're seeing things that can, that, that you can just call on the fly, you know, where the coaches trust you to do that and stuff, um, that's, that's big. And, and Jai's always been able to do that, you know, from the high school level all the way up to now. You know, you'll see him walking over to Coach Taylor and the staff with the clipboard or in the huddle he's talking and then he knows what his players are doing and what they – you know, where they want the ball and all this stuff. So I think that's the biggest thing. The film study that he does, uh, um, his attention to detail to what everybody else is doing in the league um, and just his memory of, of, um, of, oh, they did this last time or they, they did this. That's why it's always scary playoff time. I can't wait for this year's playoffs and stuff, you know, because it's definitely going to be a different ball game from last year because you're just locked into one team every night um and 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 that's it you know best out of seven you know you you coming back with the same thing every night and just breaking that down and he does a great job of that and he, and he got a good team you know around him that 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 uh that that helps him analyze that from the Grizzlies standpoint and at home you know my brother uh JT the trainer um Trey um, his mom, you know, everybody's watching and looking and, and commenting and saying things and stuff like that. And it just, it, it just works well. So. In your opinion, what does success look like for the Grizzlies this season? Uh, it's already been successful. If you ask me, um, but you know, of course, everybody's ultimate success would be to win the championship. You know, it's not just making the playoffs. I mean, we're in the number two spot right now trying to, you know, hold that steady but I mean um to me it's already been successful you know to the way they uh got together in the off season and stayed connected you know coming into this season um you know uh, uh welcoming Zaire in and you know some of the other uh younger guys um, um the play of Bain you know from year one to year two uh Jaron you know just keeps you know excelling and 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 and, and doing things that you know, uh, you see it, but you know, I mean, you don't, you don't really know that, you know, he's capable of it and stuff like that. You know, Ja going from, you know, from his first year to year three, where he's, you know, probably the MVP of the league, you know, depending on how to, whoever the voters are and stuff like that, being a, you know, a starter and an all-star, um, he better be first team all NBA, uh, you know, like, just, you know, Coach Coach Taylor definitely should be in the running for coach of the year. Like, they, to me, it's been a successful year. You know, now how everybody else views and see it, I mean, 
you know, I don't know. But to me, it's already been successful. But I know the ultimate goal for them is a championship. And and I don't think from from top to bottom, nobody in the organization is thinking less than. Okay, recently you had an interview with Anscape, formerly the Undefeated, with one of my favorite writers, Justin Tinsley. And yeah, shout out to Justin. Right. My favorite quote, it was the mantra that you preached to your nephew. It says, mm-hmm. first year, learn it. Second year, master it. Third year, tear shit up. It's yours. That's a dope quote. And I think yeah. it, can be, it can be used in every aspect of, of, of life. So what makes you come up with that quote? I didn't really come up with it. I uh, I, I took it um, um, from, you know, uh, I, somebody I would call, you know, one of my mentors. Uh, but uh, she was um, actually my, my uh, wife's boss at a Home Depot. I was in Charlotte and uh, it was it was just one of those phrases and, and it kind of stuck. And I, you know, it's like, I ask questions when, you know, you know, when you have them little aha statements or moments and stuff and, and you, you actually ask questions and then you sit back and you, you dissect it and, and think about it. Like, man, that's a, you know, that's a great way to look at life because sometimes if you just simplify it for people and they, and they, and they can like, okay, let me learn it the first year. And that's what he did. That's always been job's process you know um he's never came in and just demanded it like okay it's me it's mine and you know just be ego driven you know it's one thing to have a chip you know to go um uh you know not recruited uh to you know no stars all of that going into college to a small mid-level school murray murray state you know to like blowing up to the number two pick in the draft and then it was the same way. He came in and he didn't, you know, try to overstep uh, JV, Valachunas, uh, Kyle, Dylan, you know, um, Jaron, all these guys who already, you know, got some time in the league and stuff like that. You know, it's learn the NBA, learn how people move, learn how to travel, you know what I mean? Learn how to get your rest and all that stuff. Second year, master it, you know what I mean? Like now you got a bag packed already you know, for the road trip, whether it's a four-day trip or a seven-day trip or, you know, we going and coming right back, um, eating right, getting your rest, master that. Now you get to teach it to the Dylan, I mean, the, uh, the um, uh, Baines of the world who had just got drafted in, the Zaire coming and stuff. And then the last year, you, shit, it's yours. You know what I mean? Like, take over. You know what I mean? Like, you already done seen what everybody got. You, you see what, what they coming with. Yeah, they did a little work in the offseason and all that stuff, but it's like, so what? They put their pants on the same way you do. You know what I mean? This is just basketball at the end of the day. And shit, tear it up. That's it. And 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 that's it. You, I said it to them. And, you know, it's just kind of, it's showing. Look at it. <laughs> Look at the results right now. So he's 22 years old, and then – He's the leader of this team. What makes that work? Does it have something um, to do with, with how he was raised and how he came up? You know what? Um, I think, yeah, I, I think that plays into it a bit. You know, like his mom has the phrase, you know, beneath no one. Um, his dad has the phrase, train to go. You put that together, I mean, 
uh, with some humility and, and with a team. And I, I, I really emphasize that a team that doesn't mind everybody getting their shine. You know, you look at, you look at, you know, these games and, you know, John might be the leading score, you know, uh, the majority of the time, but, you know, uh, Jaron might make a couple of good blocks and get a rebound that actually won the game. You know, you might get a, a um, eight assists from Steven Adams and whatnot that actually sealed the game. Bain might hit a couple, you know, um, threes. I love how he, you know, pump fake and people fly by and, you know, right. and it's just effortless, you know, just, you know, Tyus comes in, you know, and Ja goes down and, uh, and, and leads them to what, 14, 15 victory, something like that. Um, and, and I think when you get a team that doesn't mind you actually, you know, being that guy, I mean, I think it just, it just works. You know, I think, I think all of those things, you know, entail what's going on. Like he's, he's leading the team. He's a natural born leader, period. I mean, we all leaders. I, I, it ain't been a team I was on that I wasn't a captain. I was a captain of everything. I mean, my brother was, you know, um, his uncle, you know, his mom, you know, in sports and all that stuff. So he, the ability is just natural, you know, the, the growth and the maturity with all that comes in to being a professional uh, athlete. I think all of that, he encompasses that. He, just goes out every day and, and grows and, and willing to learn. You know, sometimes like everybody, you know, he has his days where he don't feel like doing nothing, you know, and that's fine. But everything that he getting, everything that he opens up to, everything that he's, you know, paying attention to and studying and, and, and learning, all of that helps him be a 22-year-old leader. And it's not impossible. It's just actually having the guts and the, and, the, and the will to do it. And we see a lot more of it now in all aspects of the world, whether it's being an entrepreneur or whatever. It's just another part of that, you know. I mean, he's a he's a he's a captain of the of the Grizzlies. He's a leader in the locker room. He's a leader off the floor. He's a father. You know, all of these things kind of all go into leadership roles. So. It's, it's not surprising, but I think he gets a lot of help with his surrounding and um, he just takes it and, and uh, runs with it. So, um, like we said, he's very humble. Even when he wins, he criticizes his mistake and he always elevates his teammates and his coaches. He doesn't take credit for like anything. Stats don't mean nothing to him unless he wins. Right, right. So, well, he, you- I mean, he, go ahead. Go ahead. You can, you can go ahead. You go ahead. He he's not gonna, you know, he's he has a uh, a good balance of uh, arrogance and and humility, and I think that you have to. You can't you cannot be, you know. Some people, you know, shun the word arrogance or ego, or whatever. I admire it. Because I think you need it when you're in a position like that. You know, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, God bless. Um, you know, KDs, uh, you know, LeBron, Steph Curry, all of them. You know, like you can't really, you can't really be that guy without a bit of arrogance, without a bit of swagger, without, you know, and and, and it's funny because you look at, you look at, you know, I really don't like comparisons, but I'm just saying, looking at it from this scope, you look at, John the court you see 
all his emotions on the court. Mm-hmm. All of them. I don't care if it's fussing at the ref. I don't care if it's celebrating. I don't care if it's talking shit to one of the other players or whatever. And you see Steph the same. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Smiling and doing his shimmy and all this stuff and whatnot. And you can look at that however you want. But without that, they ain't the players that, you know what I'm saying? They're not them superstars. And these guys are superstars. And mind you, they are from the Carolinas. I mean, one is north and one is south. And, you know, I always, you know, we we always really try to go at North Carolina because we always be trying to claim which one is Carolina. You say Carolina, North Carolina people, like, it's only one Carolina. It's North <laughs> Carolina. And south Carolina people are like, nah, it's South Carolina. But you know, you mix in a little bit of that, you know, that that uh, Southern hospitality and, and humility and all that. And that's where you 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 see him at. He he has that balance where it's like, you know what, I could go there, but it's not necessary. You know what I mean? Like I got it in me and you could see it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You could see the swagger, you could see the bounce, the bop, the dance and all that stuff, the confidence, all of that. And you need that. You do. But you don't have to. You know, you don't have to. Everybody ain't got the Muhammad Ali, you know, uh, in them or the or the uh, Levar Ball in them. You know, you can sometimes <laughs> just show it on the court. Hey, shout out to Levar Ball, man. That's a legend to me. So, um, John, you know, he always working to improve. Do you believe he has any weaknesses? Um, no, I I don't. I mean, uh. Um, if you know me, I'm I'm a little biased. I you know I always tell him use every tool in his tool bag, all of them. The floater, lefty, the righty, dunk on. I always want him to dunk on somebody. That's always you know I want it to be hard, like the last one he did on uh, Pirtle. Um, but um, me personally. I always be telling them the mid-range, like shoot the mid-range, but I don't think it's a weakness. I think he just takes what the the the, the team's given. And a, and a lot of times, like, man, I could shoot this mid-range, but y'all going to let me get two more steps into the paint, so I'm going to use the floater. You know, here go another floater and another floater. And it's like, all right, they ain't stopping it. So he, you know, he takes what they give him. If they move up a little bit, he usually goes right around them and do a little left layup or scoop layup or something like that, you know? So I don't really think he has uh, weaknesses because like I said, his preparation is just crazy. And I think he's always uh, preparing himself for every game and every situation. He's very analytical. He's very, like he he will sit and dissect something. And I'm talking about, I'm not just talking about basketball. I'm talking about everything. He will sit, he'll sit on it and think about it a minute and, and he's calculated and he'll come back to he'll come back with um whatever the you know decision is going to be or the performance is going to be and you you can tell like yeah he's prepared he's definitely prepared so i really don't think he has a weakness and again you keep you you stressed a couple of times 22 that's scary right <laughs> that's scary right there but to be 22 and this dialed in hey watch so out. um how did you feel about that 52 point game? I felt like he should have got 60. <laughs> um, and, and we said that after the game, because um, um, actually it was HBCU night, I think. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Um, after the game, when I saw him, 
I was like, man, I thought you should have went for 60. I mean, he had it going and he can, he can do that. Josh done that in high school. You know what I mean? He could do that. He's such an unselfish player that, that he can, he can do that whenever he wants. If he, if it's going, if it's going for him and, and the game is being called like it's supposed to be played. Yeah. He, you know, and he could do it with ease. So I was like, he could have got 60, you know? And again, that was one of those nights where you see how unselfish uh, the team is too. And he shot a high clip. I mean, a very high percentage uh, for that game. I think he only had like maybe 20, was it 24 shots? Something like that. Yeah, he shot 73% from the field that Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like he, that's none of that, none of that surprises me. The stuff that really, um, I just thought he should, he could have went for 60, maybe even 70. If he just had like, all right, let me just start shooting everything now. It's going, let's see how far it can go, you know? So, but he's about to win always. So why is it important that Jaw gives back to his community? whether it's here in Memphis, Murray State, or South Carolina? Um, first of all, because you're doing something that a lot of people don't get to do. And if you have the resources and the ability to do, um, to, to, to give back and do more, you know, you should. He knows what type of platform he, he's on. He knows that there's a lot of young people that idolize him a lot of adults that idolize him and stuff and you know like you're in a in a a place in a circle now that you know most people would even you know still are dreaming of now it's a lot of older people that still live you know uh vicariously through you know a lot of us we all had the dream you know but being able to actually use what what you're doing in this in the in the uh uh the rooms that you're in to, to give back and help your community. I mean, that's, that's a no brainer. That's what it's for. That's what you're supposed to do. Well, uncle Phil, I really appreciate you um, talking to me today. Um, we want them Grizzlies to um, win. So of course, of course, I, I appreciate we, about to, we, we about to get right back on it in a little while. we got the pace of the night. We got Atlanta, you know, we got to, we have to take care of these East Coast teams too and keep this, keep this number going up. And then, you know, we jump back into the West Coast uh, Sunday. We, we got some payback to do in Houston because we, we left that one. We were supposed to get that one. Right, right. Well, I, I yeah, really appreciate you, Uncle, Uncle Phil. I'll talk no to you No problem. Soon. All right. You have a good one. Thank you for having me too. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.